It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and FinFanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is Fanatic underscore pick. That's Fanatic with a PH. The Dolphins know their opponents. They know when they're playing them here in 2021. The schedule was released here this past week. And I'll confess, too, that this is usually one of my least favorite shows of the year to do. Um, I, I don't really care about the schedule a lot because I already know I already know heading into it what opponents they're playing. There's a formula for it. You know, they're going to play the AFC East opponents twice each. They're going to play a whole other division in the AFC um, as well. And this year it's the AFC South. They're going to play a whole other team in the NFC, which is the NFC South. Uh, with the Bucks and the Saints and Panthers and Falcons. And then they're going to have three other games, and there's that gets a little more long-winded. Uh, but they basically play the second-place team in three other divisions. So you know who they're going to play. But I've got to say, Paul, I, I was elated to see this layout here of, of the Dolphins, not just opponents, but really the timing of when they play uh, these teams and we'll get into that but yeah I was excited to see how this kind of laid out breaking news Dolphins fans this important PSA is brought to you by manscaped.com this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for the manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they've successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada the new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. The advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. Did I mention wireless charging? The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. The multifunctional on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel and it gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. But Before we dive into that, cat, you gave me an idea based on something you said already. I think next year we should sit down ahead of the schedule release and do our mock schedule. I, I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> when you started saying that, if you didn't say that, I would say, hey, why don't we have a mock draft about uh, when we're going to play? Uh, <laughs> opponent. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be um, proof that the world is ending. You so, notice says 17 and 0. I don't want to hear no different, cat. 17 and 0. No, we're not predicting the games. I mean, we're going to I'll I'll give my prediction on on I'll just throw out a number of how many games I think they're going to win and the number's 10. Um I hope it's more. Um just remember who was right on the money last year. Yeah, you were. I predicted 7 and 9. 
last year, and Paul predicted ten and six. So that's that's pretty common. Paul usually predicts more wins than I do. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, but look, let's, let's first of all before we get into the schedule. I will tell you this, and we may already have these comments in chat. If not, we're going to get them on social media. When the schedule is released and people talk start talking about, well, you know, I like how this looks or I don't like how this looks, you will hear, unfailingly, the most cliche sayings from every fan, every such as, and I'm going to say it in this voice because this is how I imagine that they would look and sound, is... Nope, one week at a time. Can't look at the whole schedule. Um, what's another beauty? My my fa- my favorite, and, and you. I'm not mocking you when I say this. You notice, but my favorite's the the ones that like. Oh, now that I've seen the schedule, we're definitely going 17 and 0. There's one of those in every fan base too. Or, or 0 and 17, depending on. Uh, yeah, like oh, this uh, is okay. terrible. Why would they? Why would they do this to us? Well, like, it doesn't matter how your schedule looks. You have to win every week. <laughs> like, okay, great. Uh, now, if you don't beat good teams, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Cat, that's you, son." I, I can't tell a difference. That's your normal voice. So. I was just going to say, it's not, that, that was like you, but a little less nasal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enunciated just a little bit more. Um, so let's let's go through the schedule here, and and I'll go ahead and 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 rattle off the games here. So week one at New England again. That game starts at three three p.m. I, I like when it's noon and on week one when the Dolphins are part of that action. Uh, week two Buffalo at home. Week three at the Raiders. Week four versus the Colts at home. Week five at Tampa Bay. At week six, and this is an interesting one. We'll touch on. The, they play the Jaguars in London at 8, at 8 a.m. Central Time. Seven uh, versus the Falcons. Eight at Buffalo. Nine um, versus the Texans. Ten, Baltimore, which we always know that's an interesting game. The Dolphins have been creamed by them over the last couple of years. Uh, thir- that's a Thursday night game. So the Dolphins get two primetime games. That's the first one. Then week 11 at New York Jets. Week 12 versus Carolina. Week 13 versus the New York Giants. Then a week 14 bye. Week 15 versus the Jets. Uh, that game is that game time is to, to be determined. Week 16 at New Orleans. Week 17 at Tennessee. January 2nd, first game of the new year, playing against Ryan Tannehill. The first time the Dolphins have played Tannehill since he left Miami. And finally, week 18, because there are 17 games this year with each team getting a bye versus New England in the final week of the season in Miami. And Dolphins are 6-2 and two over the last eight years against the Patriots in Miami. So, Paul, that's the schedule here. What are a couple observations you've had from, from just kind of taking a look at this? I thought once the uh, London game against Jacksonville was announced that Miami was going to have a week seven bye here. Um, it, it's very rare that a team has to go to England, fly back, and have a game the following week. Usually they give you that, that two-week window uh, before your next opponent. So I thought, all right, cool. We're going to have the week seven by. I actually like a week 14 by even more. Um, and then one of the things I look for immediately every single year, and you know where I'm going with this, is the game 
at the Jets. Uh, and the fact that it's November 21st, it, it that was one thing I was praying for here because it, it's, you know, Jeff and Chad will tell you, we hopefully he and I will be tied up up here right through November 14th with our youth football season, um, which would enable us to uh, do that weekend away with Dolphins NYC while they do all that fundraising up there in New York um, for, for the Jets game and, and go to that, which anybody that's followed us for a while knows it's one heck of an experience. Yeah, and uh, Dolphins NYC, uh, we've definitely got to give a shout-out to them. They're having the MetLife takeover there. That game is on again November 21st uh, in New York. And, Paul, to touch on what you said, too, not only do the Dolphins have to fly back from London and play the Falcons the following week there in Week 7, the Falcons have a bye week the week before. I thought you were going to say Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so Kyle Pitts can get nice and rested up there. Uh, So, yeah, that that I don't understand who's who's planning the schedule on that, where the Dolphins have to fly back from London and play the following week in Miami, and the Falcons have two weeks of rest. That's that seems like a disadvantage. But again, someone will come. Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You got to play the schedule. Got to got to beat who's on the schedule. Stupid people. Um, hey, oh, like, one other observation too, real quick. The second Jets game, part of why it's got the TBD is not just the time is to be determined, but the day of the week is to be determined now as well. So I, that that was a very interesting one for me. It's like it, it could be Saturday, it could be Sunday, and there's like hints of maybe a Friday night. So good God, luck. Hey, I'm, I'm all for having football every single night of the week. I, I don't know down. if my wife is, but it's, I, it's, I it's, And what pisses me off is a lot of it has to do with these stupid college deals that, that they have for coverage and conflicts. Yeah. I, I don't care. One of you is the pro team, and the other's not supposed to be about the money, even though, wink, wink, you are. So the Dolphins have two two uh, primetime games. Week 10 uh, on Thursday Night Football against the Ravens. Uh, at, it's at Miami. It's at Miami this year, not, against, not at Baltimore. The Dolphins have been – well, they were crushed in 2019, but that was week one of the season. It, the roster is completely different now, obviously. And then a couple of years before that – that's when Matt Moore played, and that was the that was the day before Jay Ajayi got traded, and what the Ravens won, I think, forty-one to nothing that game. Um, so the Dolphins have just, regardless of the roster, have historically have had problems with the Ravens, but you know, completely different rosters now. I mean, there's so much turnover from year to year. You take a look at the 2019 Dolphins roster, and how many players are still on the team? Maybe five, six. So it's it's just not the same thing. Obviously, they're much, much better, too. And then week 16, Monday night football at New Orleans against the Saints. The Drew Brees-less Saints. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to be probably be facing Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Uh, hopefully it's Ian Book. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad the Dolphins got two primetime games here. But the biggest thing that I look at, I mean, there are several advantages I see with the schedule. Number well, one. Yeah, before before you move on there, while, while we're talking primetime games, there's a very realistic possibility that either that week 17 or week 18 game gets flexed either into a night slot. I think mo- they're not scheduling Monday night until it gets closer for week 18. Um, so it's got some implications. I think I saw, and then... They're actually going to flex a game or two to Saturday in Week 17 and 18, potentially, if there's a more premier matchup. So the fact that Tennessee is probably a playoff team, 
Um, I don't know what you're going to predict for a schedule, but there's a good chance, unless you're Colin Coward, Miami's likely to be a playoff contender. The Pats, you can never count them out of playoff contention. So there's a very realistic possibility between those two matchups that Miami gets flexed to a more primetime slot um, in either of those final two weeks. Yeah, it's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, and I expect the Titans to be in the thick of the playoff hunt, expect the Dolphins to be as well. And with that, you know, just a few things that stick out in the schedule. The first one is the Dolphins' bye week is in week 14, which I don't know how you feel about that, but I love it. Unless you've got a lot of early season injuries, which, you know, the bye week came at a great time last year for the Dolphins because they were able to rest up players like Devontae Parker. Hopefully they have a little bit more, you know, luck as far as, as health throughout the season here. Yeah, it wasn't terrible last year, but still. Um, you get to week 14, that is on. They don't have their bye week until two weeks before Christmas. That's crazy. But I love it, though, because at that time, you know, you re- you have a bye week, with, and then you, you get back to it um, the following weekend uh, on December 19th for week 15, and then you've got four games left. So you would have to imagine, unless the season completely went off the rails, that the Dolphins are going to be in playoff contention there and, you know, heading into week 15. And then the schedule after that, you've got the Jets at home. You've got at New Orleans, who who knows how good they're going to be or bad they're going to be without Drew Brees. I know they've had some success without Brees, but a whole offseason, I'm not sure about that. Then at Tennessee, kind of a revenge game for both teams against Ryan Tannehill. And then the Patriots in week in week 18, where the the Dolphins have had a lot of success against the Patriots in uh, in Miami, six and two over the last eight years. So, yeah, yeah I think I'm, that's extremely favorable. I'm I'm going to challenge you here on one thing you said. What do we have to get revenge against the Titans for? I'm, I'm curious. Is it against Tannehill? Yeah. For getting traded. <laughs> for being here for seven years, and then uh, <laughs> look, I don't bl- I I don't blame Tannehill for really anything. I mean, it is. <laughs> But still, hey, hey, look, I, I'm I'm doing I good be, after you. I can be a vengeful person, so <laughs> because of that, hey, you were here for you were here. It's it's like hey, you're you're dating a girl for seven years, and then you break up. It's it's even if it's it wasn't her fault. A couple of years later, I mean, I mean, people are like hey, I I wish her the best. Hope she's doing well. Is that something just people say sometimes? I don't know. Maybe I maybe I have more of a jaded uh, jaded look on. No, I'm just I'm I'm kidding with that. But no, you know, Tannehill. Look, Tannehill didn't. The only thing Tannehill did wrong is that he had two terrible head coaches, and then he got hurt his last three years. And I don't know if you know this, but in college, Tannehill played wide receiver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're hearing uh, that in week seventeen. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> now look, Tannehill has, has done. I mean. What the frustrating thing is that he gets traded to Tennessee, he stays perfectly healthy, and the Titans figure out in the first week he's there what he's good at and what he's bad at. Th- those are things the Dolphins couldn't figure out uh, in, in seven years. So some of it was having Gase and Joe Philbin as the coach. In fact, most of it was. And then the last three years, when he started, finally started turning the corner in 2016, he was playing the best football of his career tears his ACL, re-tears it the following year, and then has, you know, shoulder problems in, in 2019. So I wish you the best, Ryan Tannehill. 
And you know what? One thing, too, that I want to say here, because you were talking about the Week 14 bye. I mean, God, if the Dolphins do what you Dotis said, um, we could have a bye, play four games, including against the Titans and the Patriots, and then have another bye. That would be the dream. Right? You'd have to, you, well, you'd have to be the best team in the AFC. You'd have to win probably 14 or 15 games. So I'm not going to go ahead and predict that. But Look, Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there in the song. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I th- it should be required, you know, that song to be a Dolphins fan. I think it is. But um, l- let's get back to the schedule here. Um, also, <laughs> Uh, the strength of schedule from the from the previous year, Paul, point four seven one winning percentage. So there are only four NFL teams who had a uh, worse strength of schedule um, from last year. So not not it, it doesn't say a lot. I mean, look, a third of these teams are going to be a lot better, a lot worse than you thought, probably. So it, that, that's why I tend to not look at the schedule as much. But I do like the layout here. But it's it's good to know that most of the teams you're playing did not have great records the, the previous year. So yeah, I mean, I I think it looks looks really good. Nine home games, seven road games, and one neutral site game because the Jaguars they're playing the Jaguars in London again. Another favorable thing. And not just that, but there's two, like the neutral site game, there's a huge contingent of Dolphin fans over in the UK. Ridiculously huge. The Jets game up here, ridiculously huge number of Dolphin fans show up to that game. Yes, I'm pimping the MetLife takeover yet again. So, actually, you're right. Uh, We've got ten home games then and six road games, pretty much. One at Miami North and actually, uh, you know, the neutral site game is Miami-UK. So, so yeah, that's a challenge here again to Dolphins NYC, and I know they don't need to be challenged on it because they put together such a great weekend all the time. Is that you have the power to make sure the Dolphins have ten home games and six road games? That's hey, if and if there are more Dolphins fans in London, which we know there are, than than Jaguar fans, maybe eleven home games. So now this thing is really starting to even look better. So, no, but I'm, I'm, it, the way I look at the schedule here, Paul, when I when I take a look at it and kind of divide the season a little bit into segments, um, you take the first eight games. The first eight games are not easy, but it's not, it's not egregious in any way. I mean, you've got at New England versus Buffalo, at Raiders versus Colts, at Tampa versus Jaguars versus Falcons at Buffalo. So you play Buffalo twice um, and you play it at Tampa. So those are three very difficult games. The other ones I think are winnable. Um, week one at New England is always, you know, that's always a tough one. The Dolphins play at New England in week one, at home against Buffalo in the first two weeks, just like last year. But even if, I mean, I think we would both be disappointed if after eight games the Dolphins were four and four. But even if they were, I don't think that derails the season when you look at, at, their schedule after that no it doesn't i mean we i mean you you use the week eight games or the first eight games and then you look at week nine it's miami's playing the texans that that should be a win right right there uh with with the jets two weeks later also should be a win um so november looks very favorable for them for me one of the big things and i said this on um 
the Art Surf podcast last night is, you know, Lisa asked me about, you know, oh, do we need these first two games if this happens in the first two games? And I said, look, I said, you want to ask me what our identity is and how, how this team looks? Hit me up in week six. You know, that that's really, for me, the litmus test. Once we've gotten through, you know, Tampa Bay, two divisional games, the Raiders that are all over the place, and then, you know, a playoff team and the Trevor Bowl, we should know who these Dolphins are at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, it, yeah, it, it, you should know who you are at that point. And probably maybe even before that but I, I think that's a that's a great that's a great way to take a look at that too um, because after you've played at Tampa and you know that that you've, you're five games in at that point I mean if you're if you're three and two by then I think we've got a really fun final 12 games to look forward to but taking a look kind of at what Lisa was saying you look at last year Dolphins started out 0 and two against two divisional opponents and that it seemed like after the Dolphins lost to the Seahawks in week four and dropped a one and three I mean you look at the time frame between what September 30th or whenever it was to the beginning of January or the end of December whenever they played Buffalo in that three-month span they lost two games it seemed like they were winning every single week and that still wasn't enough to make the playoffs. Now, granted, every typically if you win 10 games, especially with seven playoff teams, you're going to make the playoffs, but they still didn't. And that it just shows how much if you start off 0 and 2 or you start off 1 and 3, how big of a hole that puts you in for the rest of the year. Yeah, and it's I'm glad you talked about those two games because I've always been someone that it's, you know, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And you know the Pats at this point are old guard after really missing out last year, but they're a team you need to step out and beat to to really claim that status. The Bills, the Bills took the division last year and looked like a tough team that improved on paper this off season. You want to come out and if if you can come out and hit those two teams in the mouth and walk out of that two and zero. That's making one heck of a statement in the AFC East and the AFC moving forward because the AFC East is turning into the best division in the AFC right now. Definitely. Yeah, I think the AFC North is better, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, you've got in the North, you've got the Ravens, you got the Browns, and you've got the Steelers. But I don't know. I mean, I I and and the Bengals you gotta think are gonna struggle with Joe Burrow maybe or maybe not being available at the first part of this upcoming well year. without a line they're gonna which you know yeah they it, really surprising you know they only added riley reef and jackson as, as they're to their offensive line uh after burrow basically gets gets his leg ripped off and beaten with it in the middle of the field on sunday um so in the steelers i i don't i don't think they're gonna i mean you take a, yeah they started off 11 to no and then after that, they completely fell off a cliff. And I'm I'm surprised Roethlisberger is going into the season as as an undisputed starter for them. That's that's pretty surprising for me. I'm surprised Roethlisberger is going into the season as an NFL player, not a former NFL player who's starting his countdown to 
Hall of Fame voting. Um, it's you watch those first two or that first week of the playoffs last year, and if you watched the Saints or you watched the Steelers, it was sad watching quarterback play. It was it was you know left-handed grandma's galore from the quarterback position, just throwing wounded ducks that barely went five yards. And yeah, the, and, and the Steelers also had no running game. They receivers dropped more. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. The, <sighs> the amount of passes they dropped were shocking. So they, he he also wasn't helped out. But yeah, he can't can't move that well anymore. And now you want know, to talk about a team that lost offensive line. You know, the Steelers lost. Uh, they lost uh, Alejandro Villanueva at left at a left tackle, and they they lost a few other players too. So, yeah, there's yeah, I, I'm I'm not great. so to your point, yeah, the the Dolphin, the AFC East could very well be the best division in the in in in, in the AFC here. They at, right now on paper, I think it's probably the North, but see for me, the the North right now is really two teams because the Steelers to me have no plan at quarterback. You know, it, it's yeah. Roethlisberger can't get it done anymore, and your backup there going into the season is Mason Rudolph on a one year deal. Who is signed to yeah signed to a contract extension? Shockingly, so yeah, I I, I hear you there. So uh, is few, an, another thing that jumps out on the schedule here is, and the reason I talked about the first eight games is once you get past those first eight games, again breaking the season up into segments. I look at the. Let's see here, and I've got to do the math here now with uh, with with seventeen game schedule. So, so you've got the first eight, then you've got um, a six game span with a bye week in there, and that six week week span. If the Dolphins are four and four at this point, again, which would be a disappointment if they were, then after that you've got, like you said, the Texans at home, then the Ravens on Thursday night football, which should be a tough game, then at the Jets. Versus the Panthers at home against Sam Darnold, versus the Giants at home, then a bye week, and then another home game against the Jets. So that right there, that span, it would be disappointing if they just went. I mean, as we as we sit here today, it would be disappointing if they went four and two in that span. So you got four and four, four are four and four in the first eight, then four and two in the next six. That's eight and six heading into the final three games. And again, would be a disappointment, I think, at that point. If the Dolphins were only eight and six, it would. Um, it's. I expect this team, and this is going to sound weird, but I expect to see a drastically improved team that only slightly improves as far as their record goes this year. Because no, it makes they, perfect sense. They they well they they didn't leave a lot of room for growth, um, other than to you know make a run run at a perfect season and. You know, I love Miami. I love the Dolphins. I'm not going to predict perfect. Uh, that's only happened one time in history. Thank God it was us. Um, but it's – I look at it where I think Miami does have some tough matchups. I think Colin Coward should shut up about it because he's just spitting up the fan base. Like, it's just, you know if, – if you guys want Colin Coward to go away, ignore him. That's the best thing you can do for a media member is is ignore them, and so if they stop getting clicks, they shut up about whatever it is that that's bothering you. I, uh, I don't. Yeah, I just I don't really care all that much what people are 
on ESPN are saying. To be no, honest. that's and that's you know like it, it it's like I said, you ignore them, you're good. Um, yeah, and it's 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 fine. I mean, I I like getting a range. I like getting a wide range of opinions. And hey, see if he's right. I don't think he will be. But uh, also too, and taking so the if they were eight and six, which again would be a disappointment. Uh, the final three games at New Orleans on Monday night, who knows how good they're going to be at Tennessee, which should be a tough game. And then the Patriots at home, if the dolphins were to win one of those last three games and finish the season at a disappointing nine and eight, they would still probably make the playoffs. And that's it. it, I think we, yeah, it's so that's why the schedule, I, I look at it through the lens of kind of a worst case scenario and it still looks pretty good. There's still a pretty solid pathway for the dolphins to get into the playoffs. So, but I, I agree with what you said too there, and and I believe that it's a lot harder to get from ten wins to twelve wins than it is to get from four or five wins to ten wins because yeah. of you, you're talking about. I mean, if you have a weaker schedule, you can get to ten wins if breaks fall your way and you stay healthy. Twelve and four, you're talking about an elite football team, or twelve and five. You are. Um, and, and I just want to address one question we just got in chat, though, real quick before I, I, I respond to that. Um, Gary asks, if we truly believe Tua will beat out Jacoby, I don't even see that as a, a, a question. No, it's, it's, it's not a competition. Tua's a starter. Um, yeah. so, Jacoby's brought in to be the backup. Period. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so I other things, too, is I look at the quarterbacks the Dolphins are going to face this year or scheduled to face at this time. So, 17 games they play, and I look at 10 of 10 of the 17 quarterbacks that the Dolphins are going to face, and the Dolphins have one of the best secondaries in the league, if not the best. 10 of the 17 quarterbacks are going to face. They're going to face Mac Jones or Cam Newton twice, rookie Zach Wilson twice, rookie Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Tyrod Taylor, or rookie Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, and then either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And then you've got Derek Carr, too, who did rip up the Dolphins last year in that loss to the Raiders, but still middle-of-the-pack quarterback. So seventeen of the seven are 11 of the 17 quarterbacks the Dolphins are going to face shouldn't be quarterbacks that are too daunting of a task for the secondary. And I think that's what sets the Dolphins up to be a good football team and get a lot of wins this year, too, is the quarterback competition they're going to face throughout the year. Yeah, and one thing I like with this schedule is there's a very realistic opportunity that Miami's going to have the chance to come out in week one and slap Cam Newton right in the mouth. Um, too bad Davin Godchow's up there now. Um, although it was, or was it Christian Wilkins? I don't remember. I think it was both of them. Uh, but and then to come back in week 18 and close out the season coming out and smacking Mac Jones right in his mouth. So it's, yeah, I like it. I like being able to possibly come out and, and, and knock down both the uh, current and future of the Patriots. Yeah, and I look at the Patriots game last year and how the Dolphins played on defense. I mean, Patriots only scored 21 points. Dolphins lost that game 21 to 11. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side threw three interceptions. Uh, some weren't his fault, some were. Um, but my point was in week one, the Dolphins had no idea how the Patriots were going to play. They, and they came out and basically 
you know, busted out the old leather helmets and and ran the ball down the Dolphins' throat. I mean, Cam Newton threw for only 155 yards in that game, but they they were driving down the field, what seemed like the entire game. It's not going to be the case this year. I mean, Cam Newton couldn't get anything done in Miami last year. Couldn't stay protected. Couldn't get the ball off. Receivers couldn't get separation. Um, so. You're either facing Cam Newton, who I think has a big task ahead of him playing the Dolphins defense, or you're facing Mac Jones in his first NFL start in week one. So I like that you've got the Patriots on both ends of the spectrum here um, on the schedule. You've got them in week one. You've got them in week 18. So, um, and somebody brought up in our chat as well, not to forget Daniel Jones. I think we, I, I don't think we mentioned him, but I think I don't see him doing spectacular against his secondary yeah jones has the physical tools uh this will certainly be his last shot i think to be the giants franchise quarterback he's heading into his third year they signed kenny galladay in free agency uh they've they drafted Kadarius tony in the first round they returned sterling shepherd and pro bowl tight end uh, uh evan ingram so they've got weapons so they they've set the table for him but I don't think Daniel, J- I mean, at Duke, even though he was the sixth overall pick, I don't think he was that great at Duke. So, and now he's come to, into the NFL in the first two years and is a huge, huge question mark. He has the physical skills, but that's about it. I'm what, what we'll bear watching for the Giants is was it really a smart move for them to have traded down from 11 to 20 when they could have just stayed at 11 and taken Justin Fields? That could haunt them uh, as an organization. But if Jones breaks out, with the draft picks they've they've got next year, extra first, third, and fourth could be the best thing that ever happened to them too. Yeah, and one interesting thing to note too, and this just came up in chat, is that week one matchup, we're not going to see our full complement of the of the off season because we will be without Will Fuller for uh, that matchup against the Patriots. But we get to unveil Fuller against Buffalo, so uh, I'm good with that. Like, I'm yeah, excited. I mean, I wish you, I, I mean, we wish he was playing, but oh yeah, yeah, I. I Week two against Buffalo, yeah. I mean, it's – and I, I look at that – at the matchups against the Bills and the Jets this year with how the Dolphins' roster is structured is the Bills have a very good starting secondary with Jordavius White and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and then Levi Wallace, who's replaceable but serviceable. But after that, not a lot of depth in that Bills secondary. I mean, you've got – uh, Teron Johnson is a decent nickelback. And then after that, it falls off a cliff. And so if you're the Dolphins and you spread the field four or five wide, I and, and you just, you know, you have two out two out there just dealing cards, spreading the field, I, I think they could get a lot of good matchups there. And the Jets, they return their number one cornerback, Bryce Hall. And it's shocking at this point. They may sign Richard Sherman because he played for Robert Sala and with the 49ers, but you know, I think the Dolphins have a lot of opportunities against the Bills and Jets to spread the field and get some great one-on-one matchups because they didn't really do anything to address the secondary on either team. Yeah, and one thing I want to point out, too, I just want to go back to the Will Fuller thing for a second. If he was going to be available in week one, he probably wouldn't be a Dolphin right now. It's He came in on a prove-it deal, and, and the suspension was was a big part of it. That I don't think... If, if he hadn't gotten suspended he would have been out of the Dolphins price range for, for the wide receiver position a thousand percent. 
100% agree with you on that. And I'll take it, you, I'll take him for 16 games over, you know, not him for one game. What did Kenny Galladay get? I think he got what four years, 70 million, somewhere around that range, with a lot of that guaranteed. He just and, found a walk a ticket in a in a bar of chocolate and like got the factory. It, well, it, Galladay too. I mean, he was the two years prior to that had over a thousand yards. He's a talented guy. There's no doubt about that. Um, but is more of a contest to catch guy. Let's be honest. Yeah. And then, not somebody who naturally separates. We're not surprised the Dolphins weren't interested in Galladay. Will Fuller, yeah. If he had not gotten um, suspended last year. He was on pace to have over 1,300 yards with the Texans. And granted, he was at that time the number one receiver with Deshaun Watson throwing to him, but this is a former first-round pick. Uh, his only criticism coming out of Notre Dame, other than his his size, but didn't really matter that much because he was so fast, was his drops. He had a lot of drops at Notre Dame, really hasn't had that a lot here in the NFL. So that's gotten straightened out. So, you're yeah, you're right. I mean, if you get him in week two, and you pair him with Waddle and Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki and say, you know, what I like is, you know, going back to what we said about Tannehill, we're not going to wait seven years to see if two is the answer. I think we're going to get that answer pretty quickly in the next two years. I do too. Um, And as far as what the Dolphins are going to do this season record-wise, like we said, we're not going to go game by game. For me – I think Miami's going to pull pull one out of the hat here and improve by two games in the win column over over last season. And I think Miami pulls out a a, a 12 and 5. I think that's kind of the ceiling for it, but I think it Miami is going to win between 10 and 12 games and I'll go with 12. Okay. I you know, I said I talked about 9 in a worst case scenario. 10, I think, would still be a really solid season with where the franchise is. I'm going to say they win 11 games. I'm going to go okay. 11 and 6 here. and That's more than I expected. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm excited about the season. And I like I, it. Excited in, in a way I haven't been over the last 20 years. I mean, look, it's been 20 years since the Dolphins won a playoff game. And, you know, if I think it's very, very important that they get into the playoffs. And... You know, we look at the schedule. Yes, you've got it is week by week. You've got to you've got to beat the teams on your schedule, even though that those are cliche sayings I was talking about before. But yeah, I mean, if if they can't beat this schedule with how it looks now, there are some different problems that we've got to address in the following offseason. Otherwise, things continue to go on track. I like that the uh, identity of the team is that they're going to be able to spread the field and throw the ball. To, and, and get these one-on-one matchups. And I also like, too, that uh, that here in December, the Dolphins aren't going to Buffalo. They're not going to New England. They're not playing one or two cold-weather games, and that's big for how they anticipate being able to move the ball by spreading the field and getting those one-on-one matchups. And it it fits. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the schedule looks like this here in December. So, Paul, and, anything and, else jump out? And the Bills have to come to Hard Rock in the heat and doldrums of September for a 1 p.m. game to sit in the sideline on that sun. I hope they melt. That's that's for sure. So that's going to do it here for our breakdown of the Dolphins 2021 schedule. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to follow us as well on Facebook, Twitter, finfanatic.com, and the Fan Sided Network. And uh, we're going to keep the content rolling here over the next 
all throughout the summer. We're not taking a break. We're going to have one or two shows a week. You can count on us being here 7.30 a.m. Central, 8.30 Eastern every Saturday morning, as long as, the, as we can here throughout the summer with different segments. We've got some things in the works on that. So be sure to join us. And if you don't join us live, that's okay. You can find us on our different social media outlets for the recording on this all the same. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.